Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I want to speak to you on the subject of how far does God see? And I want to help you understand your place and your importance in the purposes of God. And if I say how far does God see? Well, it's pretty obvious that everyone's going to say God sees everything. And of course that He does. But I'm not talking about that. Can God observe you? Can God know what my life is doing? The detail of it. What I'm speaking about obviously is that God does more than observe. He plans. Revelation chapter 3 and, sorry, chapter 13 and verse 8 has this intriguing phrase in it. It says that all who dwell on the earth will worship Him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In other words, before there was an Adam and Eve in a garden, before there was an Old Testament and the heroes of Adam, before there were the Old Testament prophets and before there was the time of Jesus and even His ministry, there was a plan that God had in place, knowing that the earth would be like it is, that mankind would stumble and fall, separate himself, herself from God, and that we would need a Saviour. That's why Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, God had a plan right from the beginning of it all. The serpent was not a surprise. The fall was not a shock. God didn't all of a sudden go, what am I going to do next? He had a plan for you and He had a plan for me. And we are here today in that plan. Let me speak very clearly to those of you listening to me who might go, Jeff, I'm not a Christian. I'm obviously not in the plan. I would say to you, oh, yes, you were. Because my Bible says, for God so loved the world. Not for God so loved the Christian, but for God so loved the world. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you've done, what your background is, what your brokenness looks like. God knew you and His plan was to save you. The Scripture says, who will have all men and women to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There is not a human being on the planet that God doesn't know about, doesn't care about, and that God has an ordained a plan for your life. Maybe you've never stepped into it. That doesn't mean it's not there, just that you haven't broken through that space, that shadow, if you like, to see what God wants to do. So we understand, first of all, that all God-given vision is long range. God is always thinking way ahead of me, way ahead of my life. Stay with me because at the end of this, I'm coming to some things that I think are incredibly powerful for your life today. It is, this is not a, a, some great mystery that cannot be known, but all divine vision is long range. Romans chapter 4 and verse 16, speaking about Abraham, says that Abraham was the father of all them that believe. But those of us that know the story of Abraham know that all he wanted, every conversation he has with God out of five. Uh, starting at Genesis 12, going through to Genesis 17. Every conversation he has with God sounds like this. God, but what about my son? But God, what about an heir? You see, all Abraham wanted was he wanted uh, fruit with his wife, Sarah. All he wanted was to have a son that he could pass everything on to. He wasn't thinking beyond all that. 
And yet obviously God was. God's plan was that somehow or other through this man's struggle and his subsequent faith, all of those promises of God were a lot more about uh, than just him and his desire for a son. But God's vision was long, long way past all that to you and I, to where we are today. Think about that for a minute. How can you be in the great divine purpose of God and not know how important you are? Think about that a minute. How can you possibly be in the place where you are just saying, God, meet this need. God, help me. Lord, I want this. I need this. And yet God in His inestimable wisdom has a plan so far greater than where I am that one day my struggles and one day my difficulties are going to produce a greater result than I could ever dream of. That's the story of Abraham. How far does God see? He sees further than you're now. That's what I know. Secondly, we need to understand that we are a part of a divine master plan with long range significance. One of my favourite passages of the Bible is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 to 23 in the message version. I'm not going to read it all. We'd be here a long time. But let me pick out some of the verses so you can see what God says about you. Verse uh, 3 says, How blessed is God and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master Jesus Christ and He's taken us to the high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind. Before, not just Jesus, the Lamb slain, but you before you ever arrived. You are not merely the product of mum and dad. Some of you would not even know who they were. Maybe you are long ago just unaware of who they were, but God knew who you were right from the very beginning. He had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of His love to be made whole and holy by His love. Verse 5. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure He took in planning this. Let's jump on now to verse 8. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans. He took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him. Everything at deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. Can I just stop a minute? I'm sorry, I'm just a tad excited today. I feel like God is so vibrantly, mm, just moving and the depths of our heart and our life and wants us all to grab something that God had a plan that is is on track. Don't worry about what you read or what you hear about what the world is doing. God's got a plan and listen, we are on track for God's plan. We are in the right place at the right time. We are serving the right God. We are worshipping the right Lord. We are here, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. Verse 11, it's in Christ that we find out who we are. Andrew Fox, it's in Christ that you find out who you were. You thought you were a crane guy going around installing cranes and God says, no, you're not a crane guy. He says, what you are is a voice for me in the earth. What you are is someone who's going to help change generations. You're a lot more than a businessman with a sideline of loving God. Oh no, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, 
He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall promise, purpose rather. He's working out, listen, in everything, in everyone. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too broken. You're not too successful. You're not too far away. Part of the overall purpose, He's working out in everything and everyone. Verse 13, uh, sorry, 19. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Verse 20, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised Him from death, set Him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Oh, it's all out of control. Oh, no, it's not. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name, no power exempt from His rule. Not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. Has the final say, the final word on everything. And at the centre of all this, Christ rules the church because the church you see is not peripheral to the world. This has got to be one of the most astounding things if Christians, all of us, lived with this thought alone, we would change our world. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The word peripheral just means on the outer. We are not some kind of a small group, a small sect of believers that the world tolerates. Rather more, according to God, the church of all shapes and sizes and stripes and styles and expressions, that church, the church of Jesus, that church is at the centre of everything. Jesus rules the church and from there He rules the whole planet. From the planet He rules the whole galaxy. From there He rules the universe. He's doing that and you and I are in that plan. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and acts by which He fills everything with His presence. You and I are a part of a divine master plan with long range significance. Thirdly, the part you play will always have greater impact and significance than your here and now. Many of us here would know the story of Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. If you don't know, let me just briefly tell you. Cornelius is a Roman soldier, a centurion. He's a Gentile, not a Jew. But there's a godliness deep within him that loves God but doesn't know how to find God because he's not Jewish. And so he loves God so much he prays. Prays to God not knowing whether God's listening or not. He gives regularly. He, he gives to the, to the church in his neighbourhood and becomes a blessing to people like that. And then Acts chapter 10, before this moment, Every person in the church is Jewish. If you're a Gentile, you watch through the windows. You go past and see inside other people walking with God and you're going, gee, I wish I had that. That's the way it is. And here is this man, Cornelius. And then one day God parts this veil of what we call reality. And he sees uh, an angel who tells him to go and send for Peter who he doesn't really know. Peter in the meantime has been up on the rooftop praying, waiting for dinner to get ready. While he's up there, same thing, God parts this veil we call reality. 
He looks and sees a message from God come to him that says, you know, I've got something more than what your tradition and what your experience would tell you was available. Finally, there's a knock at the door and Peter hears the voice of the Lord saying, get up from where you are, go with these men with doubting nothing. He goes down there and he says, I'm Peter, who are you looking for? And they said, the angel of the Lord has appeared to our master and he sent us to get you. That's pretty spooky. He goes to the house. Now think about this. Peter by this time would have to be at least 40 years old. In his entire life, he's never stepped through the doorway of a Gentile house. Neighbours, friends, maybe people that he honours or respects, he wouldn't go to their home. He's Jewish and he's separate. He won't do that. So when God tells him, step over the door and go in there, he goes, wow. And God intervenes in this man's life. He gets in there, says, why have you sent for me? While he's speaking, oh God, do it again. While he's speaking, the Holy Spirit falls on everyone that's listening to the Word. And the Gentiles begin to speak in tongues. The Gentiles are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the church for the first time in years and years becomes more than a Jewish sect. It becomes a worldwide phenomenon that has continued to change the world. But here's my point. Cornelius didn't know that his giving and his prayers marked him for heaven. He had no idea when he was doing all of that, that it would lead to the entire plan of salvation coming to Gentiles. I want to say to you clearly today, none of us, myself included, none of us, none of us, none of us knows our true impact. Oh, we can celebrate achievements like I've been speaking about this morning. We can say how wonderful those things are. But even so, none of us knows None of us has got a clue where our life is having its greatest impact. Cornelius didn't know. Now, maybe for you right now, you say, Jeff, my life's not so good. I'm in a struggle place. I, how could I have impact? I would point you to Acts 16. I'd point you to Paul and Silas in jail, beaten, feet in stocks, in a foreign land, put into prison. And about midnight, it says, Paul and Silas began to sing and to praise and all the other prisoners heard them. And all of a sudden, a divine earthquake, an intelligent one, because it never killed anybody. It never wrecked any buildings. All it did was break off the shackles off their feet and break open the prison doors. And all of a sudden, all these people that were bound get free. All of a sudden, all these people that are, have been held back are now loosed. And you'd think everyone would run and flee for their life going, but they don't. The Philippian jailer whose life is forfeited, one prisoner escapes, is about to kill himself. When Paul shouts out and says, don't do that, we're all still here. I would point you if your life's in a difficult place right now to the fact that in their dark moment, God moved and God used them and the Philippian jailer comes to Christ. We have a book of the Bible called Philippians because two men sang at midnight. We've got a book of the Bible about a church that was founded that had immense influence all because two men said in my darkest hour, I'm going to sing and I'm going to praise. 
the part you play will always have greater impact and significance than you're here and now. Let me just give you quickly this morning. What do I do then? Well, fairly obviously, I'd say, number one, live like you matter. Because you do. Live like you matter. Because you do. Be a faithful steward of your time and your energy, your resources and your talents. Live like you matter. Secondly, sow seeds for a harvest you may never see. One day, all of us, including me, will not be here. Amen. Either Jesus will have come back or else we will have shuffled off this mortal coil. Amen. But in the meantime, we are continuing to sow seeds for a harvest we might never get to go and experience. Just keep sowing. Amen. Number three, plan for things someone after you will have to finish. Plan for things in your life. I do not know any better vehicle to do these things than church. Coming up on, uh, when is it? 15th of March, a Friday night, we'll have our third Northern Night of Prayer where we'll get together and pray from, I think it's 7.30 to midnight, I think that's when it is. And uh, we'll pray for the Kimberley, but you know, we're planning for, our, our stage one is 20 years. We've declared stage one's 20 years. But the impact already that's starting to happen up there and the other places that are opening up, we are planning for things, someone after us. Now I'm not going anywhere, just, just to say, because... If I say something like that, someone will come up and go, what's happening? Well, nothing's happening. I'm just preaching, telling you the truth. Plan for things someone after you has got to finish. Amen. Amen. Nothing worse than a Christian without a legacy. Amen. Nothing worse than a Christian who think it was all them. Nothing worse than a Christian leader who thinks it's their gift. Amen. Uh-huh. Reality check right there. You are important. You're just not that important. Amen. We're in a relay, not a sprint. So we are praying for things in the Kimberley that are ridiculous. I had somebody say, you know, a, a book title, I think it was I read, about irrational belief. And I was thinking about it this morning, I thought, but all belief is irrational to some degree. I'm full of irrational beliefs. I believe the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I believe Australia is going to have a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. No matter what anyone says, no matter how woke it gets, no matter how dumb things get and how stupid things become, no matter how much degradation takes place, that's, what I, that's an irrational belief. Plan for things. Someone after you is going to finish. Number four, think long range, not short term. I say that because you've got to be able to see past obstacles and disappointments. In Luke 9, 51, says this about Jesus. Now it came to pass when the time had come for Him to be received up, that's to, to be crucified, that He steadfastly set His face to go to Jerusalem. I've looked up the word. It means literally this. You don't look at anything except what's forward. Whatever's to the side is irrelevant. What's behind you doesn't matter. He sets His face going, I'm going forward. But do you know that the very next thing that happens is on the way there, they go to a Samaritan village and they refuse him entry into their town. 
Think about that a minute. Jesus is going to the cross. He's going to go and be crucified, offered up as our sacrifice. And the first thing that happens when you set your face is someone says, we don't want you. Distractions and disappointments are unworthy of the surrender of God-given vision. What's distracting you today? Somebody said, somebody did, this is going on, oh me, oh my. I find in the world I live in, there is so much information bombarding me all the time, I've got to go, that, that's not it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Number five, trust God with the results of your obedience. None of us is the answer to everything, but every one of us is the answer to something. Amen. I don't know where my greatest influence will be. Oh, I could point to this or that, but I have no idea whether that's it. I might be another Abraham and it's years to come. Maybe, maybe I'm just coming into my prime. Maybe for you, you're an Esther and you go, I'm just doing my job. She was a beauty queen for goodness sake. But it turns out that her natural life was a positioning of God and that her uncle says to her, you'd better act because who knows if you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Listen to me, wherever you are right now, it's not just a job. It's not just a mortgage. It's not just my home. It's not just my circle of friends. There's a divine master plan and you are in it. Trust God with the results of your disobedience. Number six, do your every day so that your one day will come. Do your every day. You know, Cornelius never heard that Peter was around the corner and he goes, wow, I wonder what I could do to impress this guy. I think I'd better start giving and praying. He didn't do that. This was his lifestyle. Have you got a lifestyle of generosity? Have you got a lifestyle of of faith, if you've got a lifestyle of honouring God, if you've got a lifestyle of worship, or is worship only when you're feeling up? Is worship something that comes out of your heart? True worship, true worship is never, you know that verse in, in 2 Corinthians, it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency may be of, of the power may be of God, not of us. I preached in Adelaide once on crack pots, because I said every one of us is a crack pot. Every one of us is the pot that holds God's treasure, but every one of us have got cracks in us. Huh? Amen. How many people can just say still? Still. How many of you go, no, I'm perfected now. Amen. I have, a, I have arisen. I have arisen. There's a funny story there about my son, but I, anyway, I won't go there. I have not yet ascended. Anyway. Cornelius never started praying and being generous because he heard Peter was nearby. It was his every day. Come on, if you and I want to have this place of saying, God, you're using my life. I don't know about you, but my life is like this. I have high points where someone will say how great it is. Now I've got other bits that are just flat. I don't want to be too honest to you because I know some of you think when I go home, my feet don't touch the ground. A man, that if you walk into the Woodward house, you can hear not the sound of a, a streaming song. You can hear the angels. <laughs> Hallelujah. You just go, wow. 
Amen. Everything in our house just grows. The trees just bear fruit. Tell that to my roses right now. Father, help us today. There isn't one of us, Lord. Some of us here right now are thinking that, well, this is about the special ones. This is about the people that are doing it right, you know, the people that have got their act together and they're they're really going for it and they've got some grand vision. And yet Lord Cornelius didn't do that. He was just a guy doing his job and Esther was just doing a job and Abraham just wanted a son. But the divine plan was woven into their life in such a way that their impact was far greater than they could have imagined. So Father, I pray for your people today. I pray that we'll live with a, an awareness of the bigness of what you're doing. It's bigger than us, greater than us. Every day matters. We matter every day. Father, thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just look this way a minute. Some of you here will be saying to me, Jeff, I don't really know Jesus. I talk to people all the time. My wife reckons I can talk to just about anybody, particularly in restaurants. I meet people all the time who are wondering why they're here. What do you want to do with your life? Oh, I don't really know. I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of that. And that's why I asked Andrew today about a divine purpose in his life, because before then, he's just Andrew the businessman trying his best, provide for his family, do his thing. And then God turns up in your life. But you know, there's always a starting point for a relationship. There's an introduction. Jesus said this about how to be introduced to Him. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. He said, if you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into you. Now, there's lots of ways people can encounter God. But I can tell you one way that I know will absolutely change your life. And that is if you'll say yes to Jesus. Not a yes, I'll give it a try, but a Jesus, sincerely, I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm, I'm going to trust you. All you got to do if you're in this place and you want to do that, this is not to diminish it by any means because it's so powerful and important. I could get you to walk up the front and we could sing a song while you pray to prayer. But that alone wouldn't be the power of it. The power is you in your own heart saying, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. So in the quietness of that, if you want to say yes to Jesus, you can text YES, Y-E-S, to 0488826392. Or you can go to yes.metrochurch.org. Either way, one will get it to you via email. The other one will get it to you via text. One screen of a smartphone will come to you the next morning, a Bible verse and a prayer that matches that verse. That'll help you get started with God. And I'd love you to do that today. I'm going to pray. Father, thank You for each and every person. There are people listening to me right now. And I'm praying, Jesus, that they will hear more than me. They'll hear more than a church, but they will hear You speaking to them. I've been waiting for You. I'm ready for You. Say yes to me. And they're hearing that right now, Lord. And today they're going to give You their yes. And their life will be transformed like Andrew spoke about their sin will be forgiven, even if they're not even aware they had it, but they'll have it forgiven and they'll have peace with God. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. 
If you're doing that today, online or whenever, please make sure, just send us that yes and let God keep speaking to you. I was talking to someone just this week. They're telling me about their brother who came to Christ and uh, I told him about Yes Text. And every morning, first thing he does is gets out his phone and check out the Yes Text and gets his buddy from across the way. And he sits there and he says, it's like God's talking to me every day. What a great way to start your day. Powerful. Thank you for that. Let's give those people a big hand, whoever you are, wherever you are. Now, I've been speaking about how everyone matters. And I I don't know any church that's done this, by the way, but I've always thought we wanted to have some space to honour people who were Last week we served people, honoured people serving in the church. I wanted to honour people who are serving God in a space that's not here in this building or a part of our rosters or whatever. So here's a list of just some. Hope Community Service, the Lara Red Frogs, Primary School Breakfast Club, Gideons, uh, Solomon and, and so others, medical professions, community services. Uh, there's so many places and spaces uh, where people, I know teachers in this church who go, it's not a job to me, it's a vocation, it's a calling. There's just so many spaces like that. And so can we just give a big hand to everyone? You're serving God somewhere else. Hospital chaplains, good on you. Uh, well done. So many people like that. We want to say a massive thank you and honour you. And uh, God bless you in every way you serve God. Sometimes I know they'll be easy days and some days they'll be tough, uh, but we honour you for it. Pastor Bruce, wherever you are, here he is. Come and share with us some of the great stuff that's coming. 